Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to The Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. On a recent podcast episode, I talked about issues to consider for the start of the year and the importance of knowing and improving your savings rate. So your savings rate, it's simply the amount you save each year, anywhere into any type of account or vehicle or any anything, divided by your income for the year. And the savings rate, it's one leg of the three-legged financial stool. The second one is when to start saving. And the answer is uh, obviously always as soon as you can. You can't get back lost time when your savings rate was low or even zero. And this is also magnified by the power of compounding. The third leg of the stool is how to save and how your decision on how or where, how that makes a difference in how much wealth you accumulate over time. So on today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about that third leg of the stool and all of the different decisions that come into play when it comes to how or where to save. The first step is obviously that you have to have cash to save. If you don't have a handle on your cash flow or if there's no money left over after each paycheck, figuring out or how and when or where to save, it's a moot point. So that first step is get a, a spending plan in place, understand where your money is going, and make sure that there's money left over that you can devote to saving. Um, essentially, your saving is what savings are what help you get or help you reach your financial goals. So they're obviously very important. But before we get into the details, some of the high-level things to consider around this include tax consequences. Like every other financial decision you make, when it comes to savings, it's no different. You should analyze the tax consequences of all the different savings options and ensure that you're optimizing your tax situation. And when I mean tax consequences, I'm really talking about whether you're saving in a taxable vehicle, where you'll have to worry about interest, any other type of dividends or income, capital gains, or if it's in a tax-deferred vehicle, where you may not owe taxes now, but Maybe sometime in the future, you are going to, depending upon what you do with that, you'll owe taxes on it. Or a tax-free vehicle, where if you put money into this vehicle, you, you'll never owe taxes again. Now, if taxes were the only consideration, your decision would be pretty straightforward. But you also have to think about things like liquidity. Liquidity refers to how quickly you can access the funds. For some of the options that fall into the different tax-efficient options that we talked about, like retirement or education accounts, they're not liquid without losing the tax benefit that you used them for in the first place, and potentially you might even owe a penalty on it. Or you may save into an investment where the funds aren't readily available. Maybe it's a real estate investment property or another type of private investment, or it could be annuity. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking at whether those types of investments make sense. You just have to make sure that you're okay with them being a liquid or partially a liquid. You know, even some CDs or I-bonds, they're liquid as well. So you have to take all that into consideration. Now, the third thing to consider is risk and return. So you may have full access to the funds. They're fully liquid, but they may be, may be subject to market fluctuations. And when you need the money, the value that you get back or the value that you're able to pull out, it may be a lot less than when you initially started. Conversely, 
You could take no risk with your savings, put them under the mattress in a hole in the in the yard. However, the purchasing power of that money will diminish over time because of inflation, and there may not be enough either growth or income to meet your financial goals. So you really have to look at all three of these options, and there might be even some additional considerations as well. The approach I recommend taking is you know, look at the pros and cons of these, and then come up with a strategy based off of the criteria that's important to you or fits what you're trying to do. And maybe it's not just one savings vehicle. Maybe it's a multi-tiered approach where you create different buckets and your savings get divvied up or allocated into those different buckets. First, you want to make sure that it's going towards achieving your goals, that you're being tax efficient with it, that it has the right amount of liquidity in case you do need access to the funds, and that you're taking the right amount of risk that you should. Not too much, not too less. You know, like I said, the right amount. Today's podcast, it correlates with this month's planning topic, which is what accounts to consider if you'd like to save more. And there's a checklist that we offer that correlates to this. So you can get the interactive checklist or even download the corresponding PDF for the topic on the episodes uh, page on our website. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about kind of how this checklist can be used to put some structure or framework around what's the best savings option for you. So let's start off with the premise that you want to save more, you can save more, but you're not sure what's the right way to do so. The first place I would start is let's look at your benefits plans from work. Does your employer offer a match on a 401k that either you're not taking advantage of or you could you could increase your contribution and get a maximum match? And it's essentially free money that you want to take advantage of. Now, in addition to saving in a 401k or a retirement account, it checks off a couple of boxes, whether you're getting a match. Even if you're not, there's probably a tax incentive to do so. If you're saving in a Roth, you probably have the tax incentive at the end in retirement when you're taking money out. If you're saving in a traditional 401k, it may help you lower your the taxes that you have to pay in the year that you make the contributions. You probably want to stop working at some point in the future and having money socked away in, in a retirement account or in some other savings vehicle, it's one way of being able to build that paycheck in retirement and going to the end result for a lot of people is making sure that they don't run out of money. Second thing you want to check with employer benefits is does your employer offer a health insurance plan with an HSA? HSAs offer a triple tax benefit that really isn't available in any other uh, type of savings vehicle. A lot of the savings vehicles or tax-efficient accounts we discuss, they provide you the tax benefit when you make the contribution or when you withdraw the money in the future. So you don't get a tax benefit the year that you make the contribution, but you know as long as it, you're using it for retirement, you won't have to pay tax when you take the money out. The HSA actually gives you the tax benefit on both sides. So you get the deduction of the contribution, nor do you have to take the money out. There's some stipulations um, and rules with HSAs that you have to adhere to. And some people aren't really big fans of the type of health insurance plan that it's attached to, but they're definitely worth analyzing if it's an option and if it's a fit for you and your company. Usually you want to do a side-by-side of an HSA and they're attached to what's called a high deductible health plan. Um, and then maybe your traditional type of health insurance or your current or existing and just compare it and look at the different things between your premiums, your deductibles, your maximum coverage that you'd be responsible for. And then, you know, no one knows what their health needs are going to be for the upcoming year, but at least you can look and see maybe a scenario or, or kind of look at the previous year and, and see what you think the cost would be. You know, is it comparable? Is one come out better than the other? And then on top of that, you know, there's the benefits of the HSAs. Um, another thing from the employer benefits you want to look at, do they offer a stock purchase plan where you may be able to purchase company stock for a discount? So some companies offer the ability to purchase 
their own stock of the company at 10% or 15% below the market value. Now, there's some things that you probably have to take into account that you're probably not able to immediately sell the shares and you have to hold on to them for a period of time. The other thing is you want to think about is whether participating in an employee stock purchase plan, does it make you too concentrated in your company's stock? dependent upon other things that you have going on, whether it's stock options. And, you know, the other consideration is you're really putting a lot of eggs in a basket because your employment is tied to that company too. So just something to be careful, but it's a great place to look and see if you, if it's something that makes sense to take advantage of. Um, another thing is uh, something called a mega backdoor Roth 401k. In 2023, the regular 401k contribution max is 22,500 for an employee. The mega backdoor Roth 401k, it's a way to get an additional 43500 into your 401k on the Roth side of it. Now, not every 401k plan allows this, but can't hurt to check and see if it's available for you. And again, if this is the right vehicle for extra cash or for cash that you have for saving. If you own your own business, you may be able to set up a SEP IRA, a solo 401k, or even a traditional 401k and increase the amount that you're saving for retirement and getting that tax benefit. A lot of people I see, they know that they can contribute 6,000 or 7,000 to, you know, a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, you know, and they don't think that they are a business owner, but essentially if you are a 1099 employee or even if you're a, you know, you have an LLC where you're, where you're the single person or single employee in it, you have options to be treated as a business and there's different uh, things you can take advantage of, of there. Now, let's say you're maxing out all your 401ks or your SEP IRAs or whatever retirement plan you have. Um, you may want to look at whether setting up a cash balance plan, which is essentially a pension plan. Here, the benefit is that you can really put a lot of money away into this. So the maximum cash balance plan contribution, it can reach as high as $341,000 a year that you're able to contribute to it. Now, there's other considerations, whether you have employees, your age, income that go into play. And that's how that calculation of what you'd have to put in for yourself. And then if you do have employees, what would have to, to go in for each of them? If you're a business owner and you have minor children, you may want to look at offering your children paid positions within the business, and that can allow savings in their name and be taxed at their income bracket. And it may be a way that they can, like, you know, going back to that three-legged stool and how important it is to start early, it may be a way for them to be able to get savings into a Roth IRA for them. And now you have that money compounding without uh, having to pay tax and they're really young and it's probably be a long time before they access it. Um, one thing I do recommend is, you know, for this, putting your kids on the payroll is talk to your CPA and see if it's possible, see if it's, if it makes sense to, to do. Also, a lot of people think that because they're in a 401k through their employer, they're not eligible to save in another retirement vehicle. And you still may be able to contribute to something like a backdoor Roth IRA. Even if your income is higher, it still may be me an option. And there are many reasons why Roths make sense. They are more liquid than like a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k. Um, and then they also, it checks off the box of being, being tax efficient. Roths are a good consideration for someone if you expect your income to be higher in the future. And that can be for many reasons, including if you're younger and just starting, uh, you know, starting out your working career. One option is saving a Roth when you're younger and then switch at some point and make pre-tax contributions when your income increases in the future. The reason for that is the pre-tax contribution will probably be at a higher tax deduction rate. And, you know, you'll obviously, the, the higher your income is, the higher the tax bracket is um, that you're in. 
And, uh, you know, by switching that or, or by having some in both a Roth and a pre-tax, you're really hedging what's going to happen with tax rates or tax brackets in the, in the future. So it's not a bad idea to look at as well. The maximum that you're able to save each year in your retirement account, it's been rising with inflation. So it did go up in, uh, 2023. It's up to now 22,500 or 30,000 if you're age 50 or older. So that may be a place that increases another, um, area where if you do have extra cash to save or want to save, that's, you know, filling up that, that new higher limit may be an option as well. You know, there's also savings for your children or grandchildren that you may want to consider. 529s are an example if you want to save for education. Um, one thing that came out in the SECURE Act that just got passed prior to um, the start of the year is that you can roll over up to $35,000 into a Roth IRA if your 529 is not used for, for college. And there are a couple of or stipulations with that as well. But one of the like main things I hear from someone when they're starting up a 529 is, well, what happens if I, if my child doesn't go to school or if I can't use the funds? I think, um, this law was passed to allow up to 35,000 into a Roth to kind of alleviate some of those concerns or some of the fears why people don't do it. You're also able to, to gift money or save money for your children or grandchildren into a custodial account. There's a consideration that you have to look at having assets in your in your kid's name and or child's name or grandkid's name and whether that would affect any financial aid. But you know it could be part of a gifting strategy and and a way to get assets out of your name. Um, you know you could save into a regular investment account. Going back to that, you know to considerations and the risk return. Some relatively safe vehicles like treasury bills. The rates that they provide or the yields that they provide have risen recently to the point where. Uh, you know, people may want to start looking at whether they provide ad- adequate income to what they're, what they're looking for. Dividends have increased, fixed income yields have increased. So there are options out there. Again, you have to consider the risk of anything you, you do and any investment that you take on. You know, I think a lot of people are nervous about stocks now, but stock prices are down from where they were a year ago. There's still a debate on whether there's value right now in the stock market. Over a long stretch of time, stocks have gone up. Um, some people like dividend investments because while they're waiting for their stocks to go up, they're getting paid an income from the company. Again, it depends on what you're saving for and what risk or, or return you're looking for. Two tax-deferred insurance options are annuities and cash value life insurance. Both provide tax deferral on the gain. Fees on some annuities have come down in recent years, making them more of a viable option. And again, there are pros and cons in saving each of these two as well. Like, for example, you have to take liquidity into account. Um, when will you potentially need access to these savings is definitely something to consider as well. Another thing to look at is, do you have enough in emergency savings? You may just want to make it simple and put your savings into a fully liquid savings account that you want to use for emergencies. Now, emergencies could mean a lot of different things, but one thing to, to think about is we're starting to hear a lot about company layoffs. A good idea is run a mock layoff scenario. And what that is, is you really are running a projection on what would happen with the, fi- the family finances if one or both spouses lost their jobs. And you want to look at, all right, you know, this is the first place where we'd, we'd pull money to, to pay our bills. And, you know, you kind of want to look at an order of areas to pull that money. And then, you know, how long can you last before all of the money is exhausted and then you start having to break glass and maybe 
going back to what we talked about, pull money from retirement accounts where there's tax consequences and potentially penalty consequences, or take on debt to just cover your your bills. And you really want to know and understand where you are if something like that happened, and uh, you know how would you proceed and and how would you move forward from it. So so far we've talked about savings and utilizing it to build up your assets, but there's another side of the balance sheet that you really should consider. And that's any liabilities or debt that you may have. So if you have extra cash, you want to also analyze the liability side and see maybe you would save in an investment account, but instead, maybe it makes sense to pay down some debt. Essentially, you, you want to look, compare it. Look at the debt that you have. Um, you know, what's the benefit? What's the, the interest rate that you're paying on that debt? Is any of the debt tax deductible? And then, um, you know, you can see essentially what that return rate is by paying for paying down the debt. Your mortgage, it's probably on a fixed rate or maybe on a fixed rate, but most likely any other type of debt you have, it's a variable rate. And that's increased substantially over the past year. Um, so, you know, what you were paying last year for that debt, it's probably different than what it is now. And that could be anything from a HELOC and asset line, a business line of credit and, you know, student loans, credit cards, personal lines. You just want to look and see, get an understanding of this is how much I'm paying on this. And, you know, is there an option to to divert some savings to that to pay down that debt either quicker or pay it down permanently? One tip that I have on all this is automate your savings. You know, instead of waiting to the end of the year and, you know, saving in a lump sum, lump sum, whatever's left over, figure out what you need to save now and set it up so that the savings happen automatically each month. And, you know, I always use the 401ks as an example. Um, I come across a lot of people that they'll be saving in a 401k and years go by and they just constantly save from every, every paycheck. And, you know, they're really surprised when they look and they see like, wow, over the past, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, they were able to sock away a large amount of money. A lot of that is just the kind of mental approach of automatically saving. It comes out of your paycheck before you even realize it or before you even budget around it. Um, do something with your sa- with your just regular savings as well. Maybe it hits your direct depositing your paycheck into your savings account or checking account. Have an automatic transfer that happens, you know, as soon as that happens so that you divvy up your savings into wherever they have to, to go. So to summarize, the approach I would take to improve your savings this year, it's first figure out how much you can save. Uh, then look at all the options you have and the pros and cons of each option and come off a str- come up with a strategy based off of those. The checklist, it can help with putting some structure and framework around that analysis and also can help you identify some of the options that you have. And you just have to remember your ultimate goal, it's to get your money working as best as it can for you. Um, you know, I come across a lot of people that they'll be saving money, which is great. But then they just save it into this black hole or, or checking account or savings account where the money's not working for them. And again, going back to like what we talked about with the emergency funds, that may be the best approach and that may be what makes sense for you. But a lot of times it may make sense to kind of look at what your goals are and seeing how savings can help you get to those goals. So we'll link to all the, the resources in the episode page. Uh, if you need any help with the analysis, you can schedule a free consultation at bowdasfinancial.com backslash call. And thanks for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.